specifically for fathers, obviously, because uh, we're not all dads here. <clears throat> but uh, I think a message from the Word that's pertinent for every one of us. Um, but a couple of uh, couple of dad jokes before we get started. <laughs> it is Father's Day. No, they're not too bad. Hey, did you know guns don't kill people? Dads with daughters do. <laughs> um, uh, Rita Rudner said, I gave my father $100 and said, buy yourself something that will make your life easier. So he went and bought a present for my mother. <laughs> uh, you might have heard this one before. A father has pictures in his wallet where his, mo- where his money used to be. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, but the, uh, look, the greatest investment any man or any woman for that matter, any investment that you can make in somebody else is not a financial investment or as important as that is, but it's a positive, loving and inspiring memory. That's the greatest investment that you can put into somebody else that will carry that on beyond your life. And, uh, you know, as believers, as Christ followers, whether we're fathers, husbands, mothers, wives, male, female, God has us on the planet to make a difference, to have a relationship with Him first and foremost, beyond every other desire and and, um, purpose that we have, whether it's, you know, to be successful or to run a business or to have a family or uh, any, any other desire that we might have, the greatest purpose of our life is to know God through Jesus Christ and to live our lives out for Him. That's the greatest purpose that we can have. Everything else is secondary to that. And God calls us to invest into the lives of other people every single day to realize that that is part of our calling to make a difference. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I don't know what your father was like um, but I do know that good or bad there's nothing we can do about that there's nothing we can do about the past what we can do is determine that we are going to make a difference ourselves in the people that we influence in our life from this day forward that we're going to invest that we're going to have a positive influence that we're going to make a difference in the lives of others Uh, that is something you can control that is something you can uh, determine. <clears throat> you can't change the past, but you can stop the past determining your future by making decisions and allowing Christ to change the way you see life, you see yourself, and you see your future. <clears throat> um, I want to talk about two things here today. <clears throat> two things uh, that if we focus on and determine and are conscious about will improve our impact on the lives of other people and ourselves, actually. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is our words. <clears throat> Mark 11, uh, 12 to 14, it says this. Uh, I'm going to read out part of it. Now, the next day, is the story in the Bible. The next day when they had come from Bethany, this is Jesus, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. He goes on to say, Now now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree 
that's the fig tree that Jesus spoke to, dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus used this as an example to teach the disciples about the power of words. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. In the original uh, language of the Bible, it actually says, have the faith of God. Have the, have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says, the power of of words. Every word we speak has power. Every word we allow out of our mouth is creating something in your world. The Bible said when, he, when Jesus is saying they have the God kind of faith, he'd just spoken to a fig tree. It didn't wither immediately. It's not like he said, and, and that's the power of words, see? They don't, you don't see the immediate impact. He said to the fig tree, you'll never bear fruit again. Nothing changed. The next day they come past and the, the fig tree is gone. It's dead. It's withered up from the root. And Jesus says, in response to their amazement, have God kind of faith. What's he saying? He's saying, there is power in your words. God's faith was demonstrated in Genesis chapter 1 when it said, let there be light, and there was light. The world was created through God's word, through speaking and declaring that it would come to pass. In Hebrews 11:3, it says this, The things that are visible were not made by the things that are seen. The things that are visible, the things that are in the world, were not created. They were not made by the things that are seen. What's he saying? He's saying they're not made out of other materials. Our life, our future, the thing, the thing that God has put in you is the ability to create by what you say. And the devil's greatest uh, trick or his greatest tool is to get you to align your words with your circumstances. To begin to declare, life isn't turning around. I'm not getting ahead. My marriage is not any good. My future is, is uh, hopeless. I can't do this. I can't do that. When he, when he gets you to begin to confess and speak the negative or begins to, to say and, and reinforce the, the reality that you've currently got, he's enabling or he's empowering you to create and to strengthen the current circumstances. There is power in your words. Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. We don't begin to build our life by the things that we currently have. You say, I don't have enough money right now. It doesn't matter. I don't have a home. It doesn't matter. I'm not married. I don't have kids. I don't have this. I don't have that. The things that are seen are not made out of the things that are visible. Words are invisible. 
That's what Jesus was saying. You create your world by the things that are invisible first. The words that you speak will create the life that you have. If you constantly, come on, let's give the Lord a hand. If you are constantly declaring the things that you lack, the things that you don't have, the situations are hopeless, you're never going to get ahead, this is never going to change, it's never going to happen, you are creating that life for you. That is the life you will have. It's never going to change because you are speaking and creating it into being. You have to change your language to change your life. You have to change what you are speaking if you want to have a different world, if you want to have a different future. You cannot just declare what you have right now because you are either speaking death or you are speaking life. And so you've got to think about what am I actually saying? Are you accountable for the words that you say? I, constantly when you're out there talking to people at different times, you know, I might find this, but uh, sometimes when you're talking to people, not Christians, um, I'll be in a conversation, whether it's cycling or I'll meet some people or whatever, and you say, oh, what do you do? What do you do? I'm doing this. Oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, uh, all of a sudden people, they think, oh, and they'll go, oh, F this. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. And then they'll go, oh, that's this. And oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. All of a sudden they become very conscious of the fact that they're using multiple expletives. They never ever noticed before. But all of a sudden they think, oh, there's a holy man in my prayer. Oh. And all of a sudden um, they don't even realize what they're saying. Oftentimes we don't even know what we're saying. We don't, someone will say, oh, why'd you say that? We've already forgotten that we said it. We are habitually declaring things with our language that we don't even realize that we're doing. We are creating the life that we have. And then we complain about our world, our circumstances, our finances, our relationships, our situation, not even realizing that you, we've made that for ourselves. God has put within you the power to change your life and determine your future by what you declare. The things that are visible are not made by the things that are seen. Therefore, the future transformation of your future will be built by the things that are unseen. That is your words. When you begin to declare, and so this is saying that your words are powerful. How much more powerful is God's word in your mouth? That's why the Bible says to declare Scripture. God's word in your mouth, spoken into a circumstance, not just brings death like was Jesus demonstrated there, but also brings life. And he spoke life on uh, multiple occasions. People came back to life. Circumstances changed. Lives changed by the power of God in those words. God's word is powerful. So you've got to stop aligning your words with the negative circumstances of your life. You've got to begin to speak those things which are not as though they were. That's what Romans 4.17 says. The things that are not. You've got to begin to declare the things that are not, but they're not there. That's right. We declare them before. That's what faith is. Faith declares what is not there before it's there, and then it comes into being because it's been declared. It's cyclical. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus was teaching. Don't continually speak what is current, but what you want, what God has promised, what God has spoken in his word. So start declaring life. Start declaring love. Start declaring vitality into your marriage, into your relationships, into your business, into your career, into your future. 
Not saying, oh, I'll never get ahead. Oh, the, my boss always overlooks me. Oh, I've been here for so long. I'm never going to get a promotion. Either there's a glass ceiling over my life or there's a, this ceiling or there's that. There's no ceiling. There's no ceiling over God. God is above all things. And he says, I am working on your behalf. If you will put your faith in me, there is no ceiling for you. There's no limitation. There is nothing that is impossible, God said, for those who believe. Whatever God has placed within your heart, whatever you see, whatever God is calling you to do is achievable. But here's the, here's the reality. God will be calling you to do something you are unable to do on your own. Why would he do that? Why would he put something within our heart to do something that we are incapable of doing? Because he wants us to put our trust in him. To go, I can't do this. I can't change that. I can't make that happen. Exactly. That's the purpose of it. To go, this is beyond me. Therefore, I'm going to put my trust in someone that is able to do what I am unable to do. And that is Jesus Christ, who is who is able to do all things, all things. Nothing is impossible for God. Our words are powerful. God wants you to be filled with, your life to be filled with good days, with abundance in every area of your life, that your finances are abundant, that your relationships are abundant, that your life is abundant, that you can be a blessing to those around you. That is the promises of God. If you don't believe that, then the devil has already got you beaten. If you think you're meant to be poor, you are gonna be poor. If you think relationships are meant to be hard, marriage is meant to be difficult, all these things, life is meant to be a struggle, then that's exactly what you're gonna have. Now, that doesn't mean it's all simple and it's all rosy. There are fights, there's giants that you've got to overcome, but most of the giants are right here. They're right in our head. They're the biggest giants that have to be overcome. The, the circumstances that we face are nothing compared to the limitations and the, and the fear and the anxiety and the concern that the devil will place within our head that even stops us from trying or believing God. Your words are powerful. Hebrews 11.3, I said before, the things that are seen were not made by things which are visible. Life is not made out of things that are visible. They're made out of invisible things. Words create your life. Words will create your future. Uh, our society is enamored with the container at the expense of the contents. Have you found that? We are enamored with the container to the expense of the content of that container. We are enamored with the physical. You only have to go on Instagram to have a look and see how enamored we are with the container, with the outside. People marry based on the container. Guess what? That container is going to change. <laughs> that container is going to change. You know, or they get married based on the, on the, on the car that the person happens to be driving at the time. Or, you know, we make all these decisions based on what we see to the detriment of ourselves, not realizing that it's what's inside is so much more important than what's on the outside. What is on the outside is gonna change. What is on the inside, God's word, God's power, character, uh, uh, stamina, determination, all of these things are the things that count in life. The outside it's important. I'm not saying, you know, to keep ourselves healthy and, and to look after our bodies. Uh, we are stewards, the Bible says, but not to the detriment of the most important thing, which is the thing that's on the inside. 
we brush our teeth and we look in the mirror, we do our hair, but how much time do we take thinking about what we're speaking into our world? How much time do we spend on the inside compared to what we do making ourselves look good on the outside? The outside is important. What's on the inside is so much more important. Uh, Martin Luther King said this, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in the moment of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at the times of challenge and controversy. What is That's talking about character. That's talking about the inside, not the outside. What's inside of you will not even be seen until you face a circumstance that is going to challenge where you currently are. Are you big enough on the inside to deal with those circumstances when they come? The words that you speak will determine where you are at the end of a challenge, at the end of a circumstance, at the end. The, Jesus said this, he said, he gave a parable, he said, the wise man builds his house upon the rock. Anyone remember that story? Yeah. You know, they'd sing it in kids' church, I don't know if you remember that, the wise man builds his house upon the rock, <laughs> and, the rain, and the rain came tumbling down. <laughs> um, but Jesus said this, he said that, the rain's going to come down on every person at some point in their life. Christianity, faith in God, does not remove us from challenges, does not remove us from the storms of life, does not remove us from situations that are going to be tumultuous, that are going to be difficult, that are going to be challenging. But what he did say is this, the wise man built his house upon the rock. He who hears my words and does them is the person that builds his house upon the rock. Those that hear the words and don't put them into practice, when that storm comes, will be washed away. Speaking God's word, putting it into practice, walking it is what determines the solidity of your character in the times of challenge. So Proverbs 12, 18 says this, reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Reckless words. How many of us are guilty of reckless words, particularly when you've got children? <laughs> I was talking to a guy, um, what time is it? I, uh, I don't know, I make friends all over the place, but there's a guy that I was talking to at uh, my son's swimming, where he swims in the cafe, we've become good mates, um, but he's been, uh, you probably don't get this, but um, when people find out you're a pastor, they go, oh, I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's got all these problems going on in his relationships and all this stuff. So um, uh, anyway, he said to me, uh, he's, he's got some stepkids and he's having some troubles. And, and uh, anyway, he's, this stepchild, he was saying the stepchild said something to him. It was just very, very hurtful, very, very painful. He's only seven years old, but he did it deliberately to, to really hurt him. And he said, no, I told him. Well, I don't care because I don't love you anymore anyway. Uh, he said, oh, I shouldn't have said it, but, um, you know. <laughs> uh, he didn't even realize what he was saying. He was hurt, and so he said something hurtful. That's exactly what we do in life. Someone says something, it hurts us, so we say something back to hurt them because we're wounded, because we're hurt, and not even realizing that we are we are stabbing each other to death stabbing each other to death there there is reckless words pierce like a sword uh, we need to 
we need to realize the words that we're speaking. And look, we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to say so, sometimes in the, in the uh, heat of an argument, if you're in a relationship or a, in a, a situation at work sometimes or whatever, you say something that you are not proud of or that you regret. And that, so you need to go about fixing that problem. You need to go around saying sorry or, or determining what needs to be done there. Uh, but Chuck Colson, who's a, uh, an American guy who heads up uh, prison fellowship in America, he did for a number of years, I don't know if he's still doing it, but uh, and so they go into prisons and they minister and do all kinds of things. And um, one time he tells the story of he brought an NFL, so it's in America, the NFL football, he brought one of the stars, the most well-known uh, Negro stars in American football at the time to come in and give his testimony. He talked about what God had done for his life and what a great influence his father had been to him. And he said... This NFL star said, uh, I'm exactly where my father told me I'd be in the NFL. He always said to me, you're going to make the NFL, son. You're going to play in the NFL. And guess what? His words came to pass. Chuck Colson was sitting at the back, he said. This is in uh, his book. And uh, he overheard one of the inmates sitting in the back who dropped his head and said to the guy sitting next to him, and I'm exactly where my father said I'd be as well, in jail. Words spoken into people's lives will determine where they end up i'm telling you words are powerful sticks and stones may break your bones i'm telling you words are far more powerful the words that you speak over your own life are the most powerful words forget about what other people are saying what are you saying to yourself what are you saying about your future? What are you saying about your children? What are you saying about what determines where you're going? Your words are creating the life that you're living in right now. Your words can change the future that you're going to have right here, right now. Don't be like Homer Simpson. <laughs> in one of the episodes, his words of advice to his kids were, kids, see, you tried your best and you failed miserably. The lesson is never try. <laughs> Never try. Are you intentional with the words that you speak over your life and over the lives of others? That's my question to you today. Over your children, over your wife, over your husband, over your friends, over your future, over your job, over your career, over your father, over your mother. Are you a cheerleader or are you a heckler? What are you known for? What's your reputation when it comes to your words? And if you think about it and you think that's not right, then you need to change that. Uh, Proverbs 16:24. pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. So are you one who finds the positive in others or one who tends to look for the negatives? Jesus empowers us to be initiators, not responders, to take control of our life and to speak life into the lives of others. I want to, so five, these, I, want to, I want to mention five phrases to transform the relationships in your life. Five phrases I want you to, like, uh, to write down. And remember, number one, I'm proud of you. When was the last time you spoke those words over somebody? I am proud of you. The feeling of being empowered by others reinforces the idea that we can succeed at projects capable of achieving goals, capable of doing something. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I know Nick and I are constantly saying to our kids that uh, we are proud of them. Um, not always proud of them, but uh, <laughs> but when, when we are proud of them, we let them know. Or speaking to people's lives. I don't know if I've spoken to you. I, I'm, I'm so 
impressed with our congregation, so impressed with the dads in our church. I'm so proud of you as a father that you're in church and you're leading your family into the things of God. That's something to be uh, champion. That's something to be encouraged. If you're a wife, when was the last time you said to your husband, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you working so hard. I'm proud of you taking on these challenges. I'm proud of what you're doing. I'm proud of where you're taking my uh, children or our children. When was the last time you spoke those words to your husband? It is Father's Day. If you can't remember, then it's too long ago. I'm proud of you. It's one of the, it's one of the most important words that a husband needs to hear. Hus- uh, men are driven not by the same things that women are driven by. I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> Men want to know that their wives respect them. They don't care if they love them or not. <laughs> they want to know that, that their wives are proud of them, that they respect them and that they appreciate the effort and, and the... And, and the uh, what, what the husband is doing. That's what we want to know. That's what we want to hear. I mean, we don't mind hearing I love you, but it doesn't have the, it's not the same as when a husband says to a wife, I love you, I love you so much. Women are like, oh, that's amazing. That's like, it is good. We're like, yeah, okay, that's nice. <laughs> but when they say, I respect you so much, I'm so proud of you, I thank you for what you're doing for our family. That's what drives and motivates a male. That's what drives and motivates a man. And even if it's not happening at the moment, begin to speak it. Begin to say, oh, I'm so proud of that. Find the the little things. We will create our own future by the words that we speak. Not constantly saying what isn't happening, what's not there, what they're not doing and what's not happening. You're just reinforcing what's currently there. That's not a motivator. That's a demotivator. What the hell should I try for then? What's the point of me doing going to all this effort? Anyway, I'm proud of you. Write that down. Use it today. Uh, I want to hear it a thousand times. Um, Not just on me, I mean. I just mean like hear you saying it to others. Uh, Looking for things your spouse is doing and offering them praise creates the opportunity to show them that you notice their efforts. We all want that. We all want to be recognized. You know, kids are... We see them in the park and they're like, oh, they're playing soccer. Where they go, look at me, look at me. Oh, look at me doing this. Look at me doing that. That doesn't change when we get older. You think that changes? We don't want to say it. We want to hide it. But we all want somebody going, wow, that is amazing. Wow, how good is that? We all need that. I'm proud of you. Even Jesus needed to hear that. When he came out of the baptism, it says the heavens opened and he heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Even Jesus needed to hear that from his father. I'm well pleased with you. What a great job you are doing. I'm proud of you, number one. Number two, thank you. Two of the most powerful words that you can speak to somebody. Thank you. Don't be tempted to gloss over these powerful words. Backed by research, when you say thank you, uh, it won't mean much without intention, intentionality or sincerity. But when you say thank you, powerful endorphins are released. Research has shown when someone shows appreciation. 
on the inside. You mean, it's not just, these are not just words that have no power, influence, or, or transformation. Words change people's lives. Showing appreciation. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you. How bad is it when you're in traffic and it's bumper to bumper and someone's trying to get in and no one's letting them in, no one's letting them in, no one's letting them in. So you go, oh, I'm going to be the Christian. <laughs> so you go, leave a space, you go in, you go, and then they drive in there and they don't even look in the mirror. And they're just like, up yours, mate. Where's the thank you? Where's the appreciation? Oh, that's the last time I let you in. And then you see them come to the next intersection and tr- someone's trying to get in and they move right up. So there's no space. You've just shown grace the grace of God to this person and they haven't reciprocated to the next car. How infuriating is that? Am I, am I on my own here? <laughs> we, <laughs> we all want to hear those words. Thank you. Just that little wave in the mirror. Thank you. Um, so phrase number two. Thank you. Phrase number three. I feel loved when a reinforcement, this is in relationships, uh, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend going up to your boss and saying, I feel loved uh, when you, <laughs> um, but uh, just, just uh, indicating and reinforcing certain things, certain behaviors, and, and, re- and letting them know that you recognize that I, I feel love when you do this, when you do that. Ask them. Uh, Nick and I had a conversation. I think I brought it up in another message, so I won't go there about um, all that. So I feel loved when, number four, two other powerful words. I'm sorry. Who remembers happy days? If you're over 40, you probably remember happy days. If you're under 40, you probably don't. But there was a character in there called the Fonz. Anyone remember the episode where he tried to say, I'm so... I'm so... He couldn't say the words. Sometimes we're like that. I'm so... Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Ask yourself, why is it so hard to say, I am so sorry? Because it's humbling. If you can't say, I'm sorry, it's because you are so proud to admit that you made a mistake, that you're not perfect. I'm sorry. I'm saying it constantly. A sincere apology reminds people in our world that we care about their feelings. We care about them. Uh, we're all going to make mistakes at times. And I've shared, I won't go into it now because it's running out of time, but I've shared at different points things that I've done or said or whatever and then had to go back and apologize to my children, to my wife. <coughs> um, so I'm sorry. Make sure that that's part of your vocabulary. Uh, and don't wait for your spouse or your partner or, or the other person. Don't wait for them. Well, they can say sorry first because they've done things wrong as well. And, you know, I'm not the only one in this situation. So, and then you get this Mexican standoff. Just be a bigger person. Yeah. Be a Christian. Well, the Bible says. And say, you know what? I'm going to be the first to apologize. <laughs> There's nothing worse, though. And, and look, 
you can't do it based on their response. So I'm going to say sorry because then that's going to make them say sorry. And that's really what I'm after. <laughs> because uh, sometimes they don't. <laughs> they go, yeah, well, great, because you needed to. <laughs> it's like, right, that's it. <laughs> Just be the bigger person. Let God move and, and be the, as the, as the, I've said this before, as the male, as the husband in the home, I take the initiative to be the instigator of reconciliation, even if I think I'm in the right, which most of the time I am, I must say. <laughs> but <laughs> you can ask Nicole, I'm, I'm, I, I take the responsibility to go, you know what, I'm really sorry, I'm sorry about this, I'm sorry about that, to bring reconciliation. It is your responsibility, man, to, to be the initiator of reconciliation, even if you think you're in the right. Because that's leadership. That is leadership. Leadership is not telling your wife to do this, you should be doing this, you should be doing that. Leadership is, is leading in these areas of humility, of relationship, of love, with these words, with uh, humility. Um, uh, the fifth one, you are. You are dot, 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 dot. <coughs> uh, you are beautiful. You are breathtaking. You are handsome. You look good in that. Um, all of these words, really important. Uh, doesn't matter how long you've been together, they, they never become less important. Um, so uh, I'm going to finish at that. I was going to talk about it. Actually, I'll just quickly say this. So the two most important things, our words, and there's five phrases that I want you to continually use in your vocabulary if you want to increase and strengthen and empower the relationships and begin to transform those relationships with your boss, you know, with friends, with husband, with wife, with kids, with people in your world, <coughs> using those words. And the other one is our actions. Our actions have to back up the words that we speak um, <coughs> to back up what you say. Colin C. Barrett said this, when it comes to getting things done, we need fewer architects and more bricklayers. Fewer architects and more bricklayers. If you say something, then do it. If you say you're going to do something, then to the best of your ability, make it happen. If you've seen the movie Liar Liar, anyone seen that with, um, uh, what's his name? What's the actor? Jim Carrey. The little boy's constantly being let down by his dad. And in that story, you know, the dad had reasons why he's running. He had all this stuff going on, but he kept making promises and then letting the son down. And at one point, the son says to him, he makes a wish and he says, I just wish for one day that dad couldn't tell a lie. Couldn't tell a lie. He didn't distinguish the difference between making a promise and then having circumstances stop you from fulfilling that promise. He just said, that's a lie. <clears throat> and look, we're all going <clears> to <throat> fall short at different times. We're all going to not be able to do what we say we're going to do uh, and to have to apologize for that. Uh, but that cannot, be the, that cannot be the pattern of our life. A reputation where they go, oh, you know, they always say that or they're constantly saying stuff and not doing it. Don't let that be the reputation of your life. If you say something, do it. Follow through. And uh, <clears throat> making sure that our actions say what our words are saying, that our actions are saying, you're a priority in my life. Our actions are saying, you... Your, your contribution is important, that our, action, our actions are saying, 
you are important. I remember, and I'll finish with this story, that my dad sitting over there <coughs> used to coach uh, our soccer team when I was young. And uh, we, he would not miss his training session. <coughs> he said training was on. I remember turning up to the park one day. I think the whole of the area was in flood. It had been raining for weeks. <coughs> and Dad's like, I said, is training on today? Dad's like, absolutely training's on today. We're up the park, it's pouring rain. One other kid turned up. He's making us run around the park <laughs> in the pouring rain because he said, and that's something he's always, always followed through. He said, no, training's on, training's on. Training's on, training's on. Doesn't matter the doesn't matter the weather, doesn't matter. I said I was going to be there. I'm going to be there. I want to be that kind of man. I want to be that kind of man for my children. I want you to be that kind of person for your kids or the people in your life because that is a display. It's a reflection of the character of God. He said, I love you. And it wasn't just words. He demonstrated that love by coming down from heaven, born in a manger, and dying on a cross. He said, this is how much I love you. This is how much I care about you. This is how much I want you in my world. And he died on a cross and gave his life for you and for me. He didn't do it for himself. He did it for us to demonstrate the love of God for us what better way could we respond to that love by asking that Jesus into our life and following after him to not just receive everything he's got for us but to be a display a representative a reflection of him in the world that's why we want to change that's why we want to be transformed that we reflect the image of our heavenly father in the world let's close our eyes here today father i thank you for your word how good is the word your word works and our words are powerful help us lord help us to use our words intentionally to consciously think about what's inside the container as much as what's outside the container If you're here today, you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You've never prayed a prayer that said, Jesus, come into my life. You might have gone to church. You may have done religious things. They're all good, but they don't get you into heaven. The Bible says, if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and you confess that with your mouth. In other words, you pray a prayer and you ask God to come into your life, to forgive you of your sins and your wrongdoing and to make you clean and to live the life. He's purposed for you to live through His power and His Spirit. If you've never prayed that prayer and you're here today, I'd love to lead you in that prayer that you could come to know this God intimately, personally, and be empowered to live the life He's called you to live. If that's you, while every head's bowed and every eye's closed, I want you to put up your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I need to pray that prayer. I need forgiveness. I need to ask Jesus Christ into my life. I want to know Him in a real and a personal way. Just put your hand up high so I can see it. I'm going to pray with you at the end of the service. Just put it up high. Anybody at all. Maybe you're away from God right now and you know you're away from God. You know you're not living the way you're supposed to be living. You know you're not on the path you're supposed to be on. But right here, right now, 
You say, God, I'm coming back to you. I want to get my life right. I have made mistakes. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. But here today, I'm coming back. I'm getting my life on track. I want you in my life. I want to know what you've got for me. Just put your hand up so I can see it. We're going to pray at the end of this service. Jesus Christ is going to touch you here today. Change your world. Change your life.